When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford come right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football game source of course the great folks out there at lakersball.com go ahead and check out ox1947 who's chewing away right now at lakersball.com plus if you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical today please go ahead and check out Simblades if you're in the southern california area please go ahead and check out simblades.com our good friends laker tom and jamie sweet who've been going at it non-stop off camera and off the air but also at lakerholics.com go ahead and check out what they're doing today at lakersball.com plus our good friends at the hoop heads podcast network and again if you could like share subscribe follow or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, of course, again, everything that we do all over the place right here at the Lakers Fast Break. And if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. What happened, Joe? Did you choose so many pistachios you just cut yourself off the air there? They're almonds. Almonds. Okay, good, good. Smokehouse? No, just plain. Oh, my gosh. Smokehouse is the best. But I'll tell you what. What isn't the best is the fact that over the weekend, the trade demand of Kyrie Irving got paid off, but the destination, unfortunately, was not to the Los Angeles Lakers. It was to the Dallas Mavericks, and that's been a great source of consternation and conversation amongst Lakers fans and also LeBron James, who seems uh, very upset about Kyrie Irving not landing in Los Angeles. The prospective offers, as far as what the Lakers were offering, including the two first draft choices, plus also as well, whether or not who you believe or who you hear it from may or may not have included Austin Reeves and Max Christie. Maybe they were asking for them, maybe they didn't get them, or maybe they were being offered doesn't really matter plus the draft picks because it wasn't good enough as dallas got a hold of Kyrie irving and got him here to dallas along with markeith morris for spencer dinwiddie and also as well to a first round draft pick they also got a couple second round draft picks and another 
good player as well, Dorian Finney-Smith. Both of those can help them more effectively now than what Austin Reeves and Max Christie can do. So we're going to talk about exactly the trade itself, why Lakers fans shouldn't feel too bad because, you know, the fact is we still have a lot of assets going forward for this week. So what can we still trade for this week? We're going to talk about that on NBA Observations. But first up, first man here, good man indeed. He's a madman for Toronto. He just can't get out of Toronto traffic. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, unfortunately, Kyrie didn't get out of traffic either. When it comes to L.A., he's on his way. Well, he's actually, ironically, he's on his way back to L.A. on for the Wednesday game against the Clippers, but it's in mm-hmm. a Dallas uniform. You know, the Mavs pulled a power move here, and they decided they were going to step in and uh, make an offer. And obviously the Nets thought their offer was the best one available because obviously they wanted to get rid of the problem child, Kyrie Irving. All right, let's look at this from a Lakers perspective. I really don't think Lakers fans should feel any kind of way about this, honestly. I really don't think we should feel uh, despondent, awful, terrible, crying, crawling to the fetal position. I don't feel any kind of way about this situation, honestly, because, first of all, Josiah was insistent insistent that Kyrie Irving not go to the Lakers because that's where he wanted to go reports reports said that oh there's no doubt about it I mean something something as specific as that tells the tale here and to me it it, it, this should come as no shock to anybody I mean this was so let's go full circle with Kyrie Irving on this situation if his ultimate goal was to ultimately be a Laker, he could have made that happen in the summertime, but he didn't. And it didn't materialize itself anyway. So Laker fans shouldn't feel any kind of way about that either. The fact of the matter is, is that for whatever reason, the Lakers were not going to trade with Irving. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, Gerald, we also heard reports that Rui was supposed to be involved in one of the uh, trade scenarios, and that's not possible. You can't acquire a player and then retrade him like that. There needs to be a, a, a freeze. So the, there was a lot of fog during this whole situation, but one thing is crystal clear. There was no way in hell that Kyrie Irving was going to end up a Laker. If he doesn't sign an extension, either it's a two-year extension or if he can later on sign a four-year or a three-year extension with Mavericks, if he doesn't sign or end up signing one with them, the speculation about him going to the Lakers will begin once again in the summertime. So we'll see if we want to go ahead for a third time around and play this dance with Kyrie Irving. But also here today, Good man indeed. You've got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today as Ox1947 at LakersBaller.com plus also Simblades.com. It is Joe Soro and Joe, you guys and, uh, you know, Sean and Jamie and Laker Tom and Nick Molina and the courtside Lakers with Henry Hill and the whole group was uh, back and forth on the chat, our private chat that we have over the weekend over this, my friend. 
your thoughts on this, your initial thoughts is that the Lakers are dead. Was I think the quote that you made. Do you still think that way as far as this season is concerned? Yes, there won't be a significant trade done by Thursday. When when teams know you're desperate, that's that's when you know you're either going to have to take a huge risk in uh, in sending out assets that you have, very little assets that you have, or nothing's going to happen. Um, Jeannie and Rob are going to look at this as, well, it's February 9th in three days, March, April, we're done. And that's, that's, that's what happens when you look at it from outside what's going on right now, which is in two months, two and a half months, we will never have to worry about the Russell Westbrook situation again. And we know they're not going to really be able to sign anybody with the amount of money they're going to be dropping out. And that's, that, that's it. That's, there's no other way to look at it. Uh, the shame in it is that we're going to lose another year of LeBron being LeBron. Uh, <laughs> we can sit here and say he's not this prime, but someone who's dropping 30 points a game and doing the things he's doing, you, you, you just ruined another year of his ability. And I don't know what's going to happen in the summer. I don't know what will help that. Uh, signing Kyrie outright doesn't sound too realistic either. Kyrie is going to want to take advantage of the state of Texas uh, taxes and sign a max deal should the Dallas Mavericks make it to the second round, which uh, I would say that's probably the furthest they could go. I mean, they could go to the conference finals if they hit a stride, but I'd say that probably earned him a second round trip with Kyrie versus probably getting bounced in the first round. The Lakers uh, are going back to what I thought was going to happen. I thought Brooklyn would hold on to Kyrie or trade him to the Lakers. I had no idea Dallas would do this move because it doesn't really help them. And they're not really an organization that can handle someone like Kyrie. So, that's going to end not well. Uh, and I'll, 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 I don't and I, I agree with you on that, Joe. I agree 100%. I don't think that's going to end well. As I talked about before he got traded, he has burned every bridge with every organization that he's been with. And I still don't see that Dallas team as a team that can get out of the Western Conference in its current form. Uh, I don't know what the predominant thinking is. Uh, I know, Sean, that you had actually already said Mavs Sixers finals is looking a lot better and better, but I honestly think that there's still not enough firepower as far as and, and, and on the defensive side. There's certainly not enough now, now that you got and also playmaking. You've got rid of two of your best playmakers and pe- individuals that, you know, were really killing it against Phoenix. That's the reason. It's not just how Luca played against Phoenix in that famous series. It was how Spencer and Jalen Brunson through that three guard attack as far as the playmaking skills mm-hmm. at Phoenix. Now, mind you, they got killed in the next round, you know, in the Western conference finals against golden state, but still right. they were, they were a terrific matchup against Phoenix. And that's the reason why they, they, that they won that series. Now they've got something completely different. Now they've just got, okay, it's me. It's you. It's your turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. It's your turn. Isos between Luca and Kyrie all game like uh, that's to me is just 
I think it's going to be a recipe for disaster, especially you, you can't defend anyone on that end. Yes, the, the the all these points are very reasonable what you gentlemen are saying, but there's there's also the conundrum that the Mavs have. They need a secondary ball handler, and they need somebody who can score while he's on the bench in a playoff game. That's why they needed to acquire somebody like this. It was I, I said it on the, on this um, podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I thought the Mavs would acquire one or two players, or would try to. It was either going to be Kyrie or Zach Levine, so they got Kyrie. So now they're thinking that when they go into the playoffs, they potentially have somebody now who, when Luca goes to the bench for a breather, can actually get them points because that's where the Mavericks have died in the playoffs. They've died when Luca's gone to the bench. It's it's very simple. Uh, a Luca centric team now is essentially what a LeBron centric team was. I will spot you eight to twelve points when I go to the bench, and then when I come back, I have to deal with the fact that you've given up between between five to twenty, because I'm not sure of the talent of the talent disparity that I have on a certain team in a certain year. So you've given him something here, and let's not forget something, Gerald. They have to prove to Luca that they're trying to win regardless of whether or not we, we deem the moves to be uh, successful or potentially um, um, championship level. It's irrelevant because Cuban's just betting on a low risk here. If they play well through the 25 games here, then whatever they do in the playoffs is gravy. And, and we saw, like you said, that seven-game series against Phoenix was mostly because they had the three-guard lineup. They're not going to have that this time around. They have a, a different sort of team. But they were able to keep Maxi Kleber, and they were able to keep Josh Green. So they're a bigger – they're still a big team in the in the front court, not so much in the back court anymore. So they're very, they're very weak defensively. And – Ultimately, that's probably where they're going to just fold. Fold against a better defensive team in the playoffs. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone copy, version you know? that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, shell shaky <laughs> has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound, there you go. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yeah. not the right ear. Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want to. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts.
Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. I'm here with Joe Sorrell and the Magic Man, Sean Grice. It's our NBA observations, a look at the trade deadline, and also look at us not being able to acquire Kyrie Irving as well. Joe, the big trade for Kyrie Irving from the Lakers standpoint was not pulled off. I know a lot of fans are upset. The thing that hit me, though, is that as much as we deride Rob and make fun of Rob and tease Rob and talk about his job performance constantly on the show, which is, again, well-deserved because it is what it is, I was given the feeling that, you know, if he doesn't pull off a trade this week of some great magnitude, of some very good magnitude, of even some quality magnitude, this could be the final trade deadline for Rob Palenka. I don't think, he, I think the public fervor and outrage and then LeBron's uh, passive aggressiveness, he's very upset. He gives you his tweets out there. He go, goes in his interviews and talks about everything. And, and it's such a passive aggressive term that I think the Lakers genie might get tired of it. And you might see the end of Rob Palenka as far as the trade deadline after this one. I'm just, just throwing out there. I'm not saying it's for sure thing, but it might be. You never know. They would need to be a declaration by LeBron behind the scenes this summer saying either you get a GM that has some skill set here or I want you to trade me. And soon after that, you're going to have to deal with the fact that AD is going to want to be traded. It's kind of similar to Brooklyn. It's like steps, right? So right now, Brooklyn is talking to, apparently, talking to Toronto about a Ben Simmons deal for Siakam and whatever that package that end up might end up oh, being. Oh, God. Is, did Masai Ujiri suffer mm-hmm. a recent blow to the head? I, I well, it's the draft choices. He might be interested yeah. in what the Nets have acquired as far as draft yeah, choices. So we're, no, if, that, if that guy thinks he can walk the streets of Toronto now, oh, boy, I'll be out there. I will be out there. Give us a live report. Oh, oh, Gerald, will we go live if that happens? Yes, you can do that from your phone, my friend. All right. And what comes with that will determine probably what happens after that. So there's a Toronto deal, especially with Toronto being only a few games back from the play-in. It's just... Who almost looking at the standings, you're you're wondering who who will decide to eliminate themselves before the ninth? Because there's only four teams that are not going to be playing in the playoffs. Likely, everyone else is still up for grabs. So how that how the Lakers play into this? Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, a team has to be focused on wanting to get rid of extended contracts beyond this year, heck, even the following year to make it make sense. Cause they're going to look at this as we can make this trade. And in two and a half months, we're done. You look at somebody like the Chicago bulls. Do they want to get rid of DeRozan's last season, last 30, almost 20, 30 million, 28 million. I think it is next year. Do you want to, you know, Caruso uh, is not playing tonight. Are they holding him out? Do they have any value for Patrick Williams? We know they want to likely trade Levine. Problem is Levine's contract is too long and his health is too risky. So in order to do that trade, 
you'd have to ask Chicago for draft picks, not just you give them draft picks. So that's not likely going to happen, especially considering Chicago still has to give me uh, some kind of a signal that they're not accepting a ninth place in the East, which means they're, they'd be in the play-in. It's a very interesting I'm – t- <laughs> I've said it before, i say it again. The play-in has ruined this part of the year in so many ways, and I don't think it's really sunken in, and there's very few people telling, talking about it. The play-in ruined player acquisitions and player trades. It ruined it because who is going to kill themselves now? Who? Even Toronto is not that far off, but they'll have to kill themselves if they want to get rid of whatever players they want to, or whether they want to get players for guys that are likely going to walk and they're not going to be able to pay big money to. So I just don't see anything happening here, unfortunately. And blaming Rob, the, the issue with Rob has always been the inability to be authentic and genuine. Uh, if you suck at your job and you're at least real, you, 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 you're Mitch Kupchak towards the end, right? There's gotcha. never, there's nothing Mitch ever did that ever came off as someone who was faking, right? Uh, uh, hold on, I think that's uh, Timothy Mozgov's agent on line one for you, Joe, right there uh, on the phone in the yeah, background. The, there's, I think there were, there was more in play there than just Mitch, in my opinion. That just did not ever really make any sense. The wall dang's agent is online too. I just want to make yeah, sure that you know. Yeah. But they disrespected uh, and I'm talking about the Laker players over the years. They disrespected Mitch in so many ways, you know, Shaq did. Uh Kobe, I wouldn't say disrespected him, but he put the screws to him. Eh, it's a difficult job. You know, you're great when you do great things, you're terrible when you do terrible things. Problem with Mitch is he did it he did the worst thing at the end, so that's all you remember him by. Yeah. And as far as Rob, Rob hasn't done one thing at all in the entire tenure. He has done nothing. Because the Anthony Davis, he can't even claim that as his No, he didn't inject, you know what, on that one. Well, actually, I think at the end, he did something as far as to take an extra second-round pick. I think it's something he he, he fouled up on it, I think. See, even even he can't take the picture with that blue whale because Jeannie says that's her picture. She said she called the shot on the AD trade. Remember, remember, Gerald, she said she called it. And that's where all this starts because they gave that bozo the chair to sit in. And he's done nothing but bozo it up. Well, again, it's still a lot. I mean, he's, yes. he sucks as a talent evaluator. He sucks as a capologist. He sucks at PR. Where the hell are you? Are you that an in and out? Did you go subterranean on us? Did you go to Jakarta, Rob? Where well, the hell to... is he? He's right in the background, too. He's in his office right there, if you look in the background. No, I'm kidding. All right. Just give us kidding. Carmen Sandiego, Waldo, and, and Rob Palenka, where in the world are they? Well, we're going to find out in three days. Their, their faces on a milk card? We're going to find out in three days what, what he's made of here when it when it truly matters which is can you save the season so that's the question i bring to you guys you mean, and also you mean does he chat. have on, does he have onions or 
is he those two grapes that you see in the grocery store that aren't quite grapes? Okay, but I'm what I'm asking now is is when it comes to what we're seeing for the rest of the week, there's still a chance that he could pull off a good trade. There's still players out there, like you mentioned, Toronto, like you've mentioned in other spots in San Antonio, Utah. They're also become hot commodities. I know there's not as many because, like you said, that was very astute, Joe, on your assessment in regards to what the play-in scenario offers as far as uh, teams that want to be buyers instead of sellers. There is a team, though, that's that a lot of people are looking at. Chicago, which you talked about. Toronto, which you talked about. What can Rob still do? Obviously, we lost out on the Kyrie deal. I mean, there's no prize for second place on that. I think in the long run, I think that might benefit the Lakers because if we had to give a long-term contract on that guy, we may be asking for trouble. We may still end up doing it in the summer if he walks from from Dallas. So I ask you, Joe, and I ask you, Sean, what can Rob still do? Who is still out there that can be a big enough splash for us to finally say, you know what, Rob, you've started to make a move in the right direction? It would have to be two very, very good borderline all-star types, two of them. And then a third one as a kind of a, Uh, an icing someone maybe who could shoot regularly uh, from three uh, at a good clip, three players coming into this team, let's say for Patrick Beverly, Lonnie Walker and Russell Westbrook. If you exchange those three for three guys that are two really good and one that's going to, you know, fulfill his role and AD stays healthy, you might have a shot at competing in the playoffs. And that's that's going to be a difficult task because any good players that you're going to bring in, you're also likely those really good players are probably going to be guys that have either shown that they want more money than, their, with, the, than with their current teams, or it could be a, a big contract that, you know, we don't really know if, they're going to be better next year so that we kind of gauge that as well. It's a very, very touch. It's a very touchy thing. It's, it's going to be one of those things where if, if he makes a trade and he bites the bullet or the Lakers bite the bullet and it doesn't work, you're the whole fan base is going to eat him up alive, even worse than we are now. So they may be looking at it as well. We'd rather have you eat us alive right now and not worry about it in three months versus prolong the situation beyond because every contract of anyone that I think the Lakers could trade without giving up draft assets are going to unfortunately be contracts that are probably not going to end until 2026, 2026, 2027 that are in the close to 50 million per range, i.e. Zach Levine. Now, if Zach Levine was a little healthy, that could be appealing, especially with LeBron looking like he can play another two, three years. It's just, it's a very sticky situation. And I, I I just heard today too, that they're going to extend the decision on the CBA, which I, I'm, I'm starting to think that there might be some, there might be some understanding on both sides on what they want to do after this. I don't they're giving think, ourselves more time to, to negotiate. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think uh I don't think that I think that's going to end 
in a way where we're not likely going to get our wish. Unfortunately, I've, I've lost a lot of faith in Adam Silver controlling what's been going on. And uh, this was his way to kind of maybe take some, I don't know what word I'm looking for. I was thinking about, was, what, what's it? Oops. It's like, it's a Jewish word. What's it? Ofsa. Ofsa. If I would say this because David Stern was his mentor and his boss, they're both Jewish. I figured that'd be a good oh, chutzpah. Chutzpah. That's it. There you yeah. go. Chutzpah. We're hoping we're hoping he can he can have that like his his mentor did, and and put his foot down on a few things. And again, you know, you guys know how I feel about David Stern. But if there was one thing David Stern did do well is made it very clear that he wasn't going to lay down on on anything. So yeah, he had, he had the biggest boulders in the room. Right, and we as Laker fans should pay attention to that a little bit more because a lot of the reasons why we're not doing well is because of availability of a culture that doesn't really focus on game in and game out play. There's more whining now about not playing 82 games a year, even though we've got all these amenities that have never been like this in the entire time the NBA has been in existence. So I'm kind of figuring out what, what the next step is. What's what's the lake? What are the Lakers going to do in the summer? They're not going to have any money if they don't trade these assets. So you're screwed. You are screwed. Understand this, Laker Nation. If the Lakers don't get rid of Patrick Beverly and what Russell Westbrook, especially those two contracts, you are going to lose 15 to 20 million dollars by letting those run out. That happens you're already way in the negative. And if you're holding your your hopes on a Kyrie Irving for the summer to sign for less than what he wants, good luck there too. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers uh, are in the midst of trying to figure out what they can do to go ahead and improve the roster before Thursday's trade deadline. Just as a note, outside, of course, the post game tomorrow and also the playback.tv slash Lakers fast break, Watch party. You got to remember, we'll be on Thursday morning starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. We'll go live with the two and a half hour spectacular that only we can bring. Will Joe and Sean be there? Will they be happy? Will the Lakers make a trade? Will Laker Tom need more blood pressure medicine this time around? Will he turn red in the face again like he has the past two years? Please find out on Thursday for our trade deadline special. Looking forward to it. Sean, before it comes to that deadline, the Lakers are in such a need of trying to improve where they can and ever however they can. And I know we've been uh, Rob bashing and we'll continue to Rob bash. And I'm not discouraging any Rob bashing because he is deserving of all the Rob bashing that he can get at this point. I said it before, and I'll say it again. He needs to do something at, at some point in time. I don't know what that is before the trade deadline, but he needs to do something because Rui Hashimura does not a good trade deadline make. It does not make. No, Gerald. That would be a, a, a F for, uh, yeah, it would be a big F you to all of us. If yes. It was just Rui. That That's for sure. Um uh, there's no sense in getting around it. It's, you know, I, I can't, um, I can't really make a greater point than Mr. Soro just made as far as the, 
just the basic, like, just based, like, just, you know, that pisses me off. Stupidity pisses me off. It really does. More so than anything else. It, it's not ignorance, because we can all be ignorant at times. We're all ignorant of things, but basic stupidity. And and that's what Mr. Sir was talking about there, about just being based and not understanding that just letting that money just piss down the toilet is just wastefulness. Really bothers me. I can tell you're bothered, my friend. Yeah. I know. And, and because, God be the shoes always wants to lay the, you know, it seems like he's wants me to, and wants us to lay the, the foot to LeBron's shoes on that because of, you know, his well, comments. Yeah. I understand he helped really facilitate the Russell Westbrook trade. And of course he gets a lot of, uh, and should get a lot of uh, blame for that, but that's just one individual on the roster who does take up a quite a bit of a portion of the salary cap, but, it's the other maneuvering. Zangerstein has mentioned throughout the show other individuals that the Lakers could have gotten on the cheap that have been very effective players for their teams. It's about evaluation also as well when it comes. To, it's just a collective shared fault. As I said, it's an organizational failure. It's an organizational fail. When this team does bad, it's an organizational failure. And I think that, yes, while Rob should get the brunt of it, LeBron shouldn't be left out. No. No, LeBron. LeBron definitely deserves definitely some of this responsibility. And let me just say this: this was even talked about last year. If or maybe when LeBron goes to the Lakers and asks to leave, what the hell makes him or you or you or me? Or anyone else think that the situation will be different. He'll still be 38 years old turning 39. He'll still be the same passive-aggressive person he was when he was on the Lakers. When he was on the Cavs. When he was on the Heat. When he was on the Cavs the first time. And he'll still be... Hanging that Damocles of whether or not he wants his son to be alongside him, that will always be over your head as well. On top of the hundred other problems you have as an executive in the NBA, it's a headache. It's a headache. I'm sure he would admit that he's a headache to deal with. He would have to. He'd be insane if he didn't. And yes, he's largely responsible. He's he's largely see. Here's the thing: he's not largely responsible for this particular situation because he's not directly involved. But this is his environment he created. That's for that's for damn sure. Mo, mo, most of us grow up, Gerald, with the saying, "We are byproducts of our environment." LeBron James isn't a byproduct of his environment. He is an environment. And and Joe was saying it, like I said, it feels like LeBron is a universe and the Lakers are a universe. And what happens when two universes start coming towards each other, Gerald? You get a movie? And who's left with the uh, 
with the afterburn. It's us. We watch it happen. Uh, just I, collateral I, damage, my friend. Yeah, I, I, I really hope that that scenario doesn't happen. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. It's like eighty-eight percent of what Joe's saying is basically correct about what would probably happen right now, given all the the circumstances. I mean, he, he's just, he's got to be just plain, just like. See, anger is temporary madness, right, Gerald? That's yes. that's what anger is. You're temporarily mad. Now, you shouldn't stay temporarily mad, but it seems like everybody could stay angry for a lot longer these days. However, it just goes back to, I love that old song. It's smiling faces. Sometimes they don't tell the truth by the undisputed truth. And it's very true. Smiling faces. Tell you bullshit, feed you bullshit, spew bullshit every single time they see you. And that's what I just get from Rob Polinka is that he's just this salesman and he's got this empty mason jar and he's telling you how, how it's full of gold. And if you buy the mason jar from me, your life will change. Like he's just one of those snake oil salesmen. And I can't, I can't believe he's, He's in charge of something I love, Gerald. I love the Lakers. And I feel like the snake oil salesman is just... I sent out a meme yesterday where it basically said, a vampire has no reflection is better looking than all of us. And that's basically what Rob Polinka has become to us. He's just a vampire. He's just feeding off this organization and he's not giving anything back. No, it doesn't look like it right now, but we'll see. So, Joe, I ponder the question with you, my friend. Let's say you were in that office that's right behind us, and it wasn't Rob Plinka. You had on the suit. You're looking sharp. You're ready to conduct business like you do at Simblades, simbladeswiththey.com. Who knows how I got that product placement in there. When it comes to you in that office, what moves are you thinking about making leading up to the trade deadline? Let's say Rob just got fired, got the heave-ho, and they put Joe Soro in place. I probably I probably sit down with Jeannie, LeBron, and AD and go, what's the plan here? What do we want to do? And I'm sure that AD and LeBron would say, we want to win now. Okay. Jeannie's going to try to use the company line stuff. Well, I have a business to run. I got to make sure X, Y, and Z. It's a hard question to answer because so much of this business is relied on good networking so when you talk about business what's one of the biggest assets in business sure having good employees having a good revenue stream having good uh referral base is is important but more importantly a good network is probably the biggest asset in a business if you have a good network where you know you can get your supplies anytime at the right time and not run into issues, or if you've got a network where they're going to help you if you need help in a, in a pitch, those this is the time where it would help, right? Let's say if Rob had a relationship with, with Masai, a jury, a, a Masai or jury, right? And 
if he's sitting down going, look, I can tell that you guys are – all the calls today have seemed to be very Toronto Raptor heavy. These guys sound like they want to apparently blow things up. If you got a good relationship with Masali, it becomes now, all right, what do you need? What can, what can we do on this one? And it would have been, it would have started from previous dealings where he helped you, you helped him, and that's where we're at. Instead of dealing with someone like Joe Sai, who hates the Lakers, hates Kyrie, Indiana, who hates the Lakers, hates anything LeBron, whatever. So it's a hard question to answer because if I'm a new guy with no network, it's going to be difficult for me to do anything February 9th of 2023. I have to build my reputation. I have to build my networking. Now, one thing that I did learn in watching several different types of documentaries and actually listening to people talk, Jerry West said, said it best. He goes, you cannot lie to players and you have to do the work. You have to go to the gyms. You have to go and look at, you got to have your pulse on the business. So taking that to my business, I still cut product. I still, I literally sold product five minutes before I got onto the show. I don't need to do that. I can have somebody else do it. But I want to, because when you're in it, your mentality's different. When you're constantly having your hands in the dirt, having your hands on the product, you're constantly conditioned. Just like when you go to the gym, you're constantly conditioned. You're in shape for it. When you start to lose that, that, that stamina, I'm using that as a metaphor, you start to screw up. Or if you never bothered to learn it, you come off really bad. Am I wrong? Is it not make sense? This is who Rob is. What I can't figure out for the life of me is what the hell did Kobe Bryant see in this guy? I wish I knew. Did he look at Rob as an extension of something he wanted done and he needed to get a snake to do it? I get that. That makes sense. You do have some business dealing sometimes with guys that are maybe a little bit more on edge because they serve a certain purpose. Of course, it's not going to be anything major. You're not, as long as you're not hurting children, hurting women, killing somebody innocent, you know, then, then you might have some leeway there. But I really would love to know what the hell the appeal with this guy was for Kobe Bryant. That's my confusion. So with that, I want Laker Nation to understand he is not doing the work. He's not conditioned to do this job. Magic Johnson, the greatest player I ever saw growing up, other than Michael Jordan, growing up, the man lights up a room. The guy is loved by everyone, told everyone who he was. We sat back. We start talking about the Magic Hour. We start talking about Magic not working. We didn't take Magic's word because Magic has gotten himself in certain things where we're like, eh, Magic, why weren't you working? Right? The irony in that is the same guy that was making jokes in the office condescendingly about Magic not being around, this mother, you know what, is not around now. And that happens. That happens a lot in life. 
the same people you call out will project that you're doing something they're doing. And that's how you know. I learned a really cool line a few weeks ago. What was it? Uh, uh, Hit a nerve? Hit a bullseye? Hit a target. That's what it was. Hit a nerve. Hit a tar- you hit a target. So when you hear somebody get defensive or start to, you know, go off, you just hit the target. They know. Because if somebody is comfortable with what they're doing, they're not going to hide. They're not going to yap really loud. So, but I, I have noticed that since the since Dr. Buss has owned this team or the Buss family has owned this team, there's always been drama. And in those drama-filled things, they've won championships over and over and over again. And then sometimes they don't. I think we just need to come to grips that the Lakers are a true L.A. story, a true L.A. movie, TV series, whatever. We don't know. We don't know what they're going to be. I mean, 2018, when all hell broke loose towards the end there, LeBron didn't make the playoffs for the first time in what? Since he was a rookie? And then all of a sudden, we win a title the following year. So we don't know. I don't really know where this can go. All I do know very, very clearly is that your political so, let, let me ask you a question, Joe. Let me ask you a question. If if the Lakers are stock right now, what would you advise your clients who hold the stock to do? Write it. Hold. It's yeah. a hold. You have to hold, just like the crypto world. Right now, the crypto world is getting bagged, just like the Lakers are. And what, what you know, I'm not going to try to go into any investment advice here, but the reality is I've seen this happen before in several other areas. One being the internet in the 90s. The internet, after the dot-com crash, everyone said, see, see, see. When all it was doing, it was correcting itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, So the Lakers are very similar to that. They're a, 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 they're a franchise that has shown that they're able to correct themselves at the, in the end, okay? Uh, we live in a world where we're already doing things. This is the thing that cracks me up. It's, we're, we're, doing, we're doing digital type stuff, and people are saying, this isn't going to work. I'm like, dude, you're already doing it. What do you mean it's going to work? <laughs> so, so looking at it from the Lakers standpoint... It's like they they got LeBron, they got AD. It's just that you need somebody in that position that can command respect in the league that and can help build a team. People respected Jerry West. And those who talk smack about him, especially during the, the Shaq acquisition, that was just Orlando being sour grapes. There's a difference mm-hmm. there, okay? They listened to newspapers before they made that decision. If they had just gotten on it right away – uh, Shaq would have stayed in Orlando, but they didn't. They didn't do that. They 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 were bluffing, and it got bluffed in their face. That's it. That's all it did. They got called on their bluff, and in, instead, Shaq goes back to, you know, Shaq. I, I God bless him. I, I love Shaq, but Shaq's so full of BS sometimes um, about how he says how things happen in the past when you know it's not true. Shaq went to L.A. because I think Jerry West was ready to give him even more money than 120 if he had to. And I think he took that as a sign of respect. He did. 
but ultimately it was about the money. That and story he got always enough. changes too, eh? That story changed about why. And, and that's that's something that I don't think anybody's going to attack Shaq a lot about. I mean, I would because I don't give a crap, but Shaq <laughs> is such a good dude. Shaq is such a good dude. It's going to come off really negative and bad, but it's it's reality, guys. I was I was in and around that time. I I know what happened when Shaq said that he was doing it for publicity. I almost laughed at my. I mean, I was laughing. I saw those interviews. He looked. Like he hated Kobe. Okay. Kobe didn't like him either. They didn't like each other. They ruined what could have been a 10 year run of championships. Right. So here we are. We're in a place right now where I just don't see a solution because the guy pulling the trigger doesn't have the right weapon. He doesn't have the right weapons. He just doesn't have it. We'll see if uh, he does have enough to pull off a major trade. We'll see what happens. But in the last few minutes of our show, wanted to go ahead and mention once again, if you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, please go ahead and share it with us. Lakers Fast Break, wherever you get your social media or Lakers Fast Break at yahoo.com. We've been trying to answer your thoughts on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all over the place over the past few days. And we truly appreciate all the response that you give us on what's going on with the Lakers. I know a lot of you are heartbroken. Kyrie is not a Los Angeles Lakers. But before we head on out, I want to actually stress once again to Sean. Sean, I think Kyrie, you know, despite my misgivings on whether or not we should have gotten him or not or how much we should have put in, he would have been a much better fit on the Lakers than I think he is with Dallas. He makes us a little bit more of a complete team because we have an AD LeBron or would have had a Kyrie dynamic that I think that Dallas cannot match. But with Dallas now, where does this take them, man? You talked about Dallas and the Sixers as a finals, maybe looking a little bit uh, more feasible. I'm still not sure. I don't think they can't get it done. They still need to make more maneuvers. They still need to make more deals in order to get them where they want to go. I still think this is going to be a recipe for disaster for Dallas, and I'm not exactly heartbroken that he's there. I'm not either. I'm not either. Look, I'm I'm – I'm not a particular fan of Mark Cuban either uh from a you know outside perspective of a basketball fan and more and and his investor as well some of his investing advice is really poor uh for uh people who aren't necessarily not as educated as him but he is very, um, I guess the best word I could use is slippery with some of the language he uses. And, and that's not only with investing, but also uh, when it comes to um, the NBA as well. Look, this is the guy who once wrote a 1,200-word essay trashing Bill Duffy, who represented Steve Nash. Hey, Mark Cuban's the one who let Steve Nash walk out the door. That was his dumb mistake. And he realized it the second it happened. And if you go back and read that 1200 uh, word drivel that he wrote, he's basically, he basically blames the CBA and he blames, he blames David Stern for a lot of the, a lot of the problems that he had trying to keep a team stacked with very good players when he had to watch Steve Nash walk out the door. So now that 
he's acquired the problem child. Um, it's interesting. Everybody's so down on it. We're going to have to see how it plays out first. Again, I, I'm of the mind that they acquired him for the four or five minutes Luca needs rest in the playoffs and they don't drown because that's what's happening to them in each and every series they're in, in which he has to come out because he's just gassed. He can't do it all. So with that respect, I think they solved the problem. But again, like you said, Gerald, there's the, 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 this team is now kind of subtraction by addition because they've lost a lot of their offensive punch and they lost quite a bit of their defensive identity because Dorian Finney-Smith was probably a top four or five, three and D defender. And now they're in a Western conference. That's, you know, very funky to put it at best. The Western conference has been funky this year. So yeah, I think they're, they still need to make another move or two. And among, I'm of the mind that uh, Philly also needs to make another move. They're um, they've got too many point guards and not enough minutes to uh, fill them. You know when you have D'Anthony Melton, James Harden, Shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey, uh, all playing to, on the same team. There's not enough minutes to go around, so they need to definitely improve their uh, their wing scoring somewhere. Because you know in a seven game series, Tobias Harris is good for about. You know, a great performance, maybe two times. And, you know, you're hoping for an okay performance three or four times here and there. But you definitely need a shot in the arm there because Tybal is what he is at this point. He's not really a 3 and D player. He's very – his scoring is very inconsistent. Um, they need reliability as far as point production goes from the wing if you're going to beat Boston – and try and compete with Milwaukee. But it's very interesting too, Gerald. I mean, you've said that you think Cleveland is a perimeter move away from possibly vaulting themselves into that conversation as well. They need a wing. They need a wing in the the worst way. So so, something's got to give here, don't you think? Somebody's got to make a move. Well, again, it's all based off of if Toronto, Chicago, some of these teams that are around 500, which are looking way up at the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Seriously, some of them have got to ask themselves, do we really want to go ahead and just have a play-in exit and then that's it? Or do we really think that we could build something now for the long term by getting a good deal by trading players who probably won't even last on our team for another season or two? And getting something good back in return. I think these teams got to ask themselves that. The Lakers don't have any other choice. They put themselves between the rock and the hard place. They have limited assets. They have a player that's playing fantastic, but he's 38, so his time is running short. You got AD, who's always running short because you know <laughs> he could fall over something in the next minute out of the locker room and be out for 10 months. So we don't know about AD. So we got to go ahead and plan like it's now. So we're in a win now mode. These other teams, if they're smart, do they want to go ahead and continue their malaise around 500, get in a play-in and be out in two games? That's up to them. But I think a lot of them, if they were smart, 
especially with the assets they have, they can really make a killing in the next three days. You know, when Joe was talking about that, the, you know, the combination of players that the Lakers would likely need to acquire, um, you know, just three, just three of them popped in my head as he was describing exactly the skill sets that you need. You know, it's, um, but it requires, like, in order to make that move, you can't just have a one-to-one team deal. It There has to be a third team there. You'd have to acquire another significant player from another team. So in that respect, if you were dealing with the Raptors and you were hypothetically getting a Fred Van Fleet and a Gary Trent Jr., you would definitely need to pick up the phone and call Mitch Kupchak and ask about Terry Rogier. Because if you got Terry Rogier, Fred Van Fleet, and Gary Trent Jr., that's not nothing, Gerald. That's not nothing. That you've added quite a bit of shooting around LeBron James, haven't you? Hopefully you've given up some guards in the mix because the last thing Zangerstein would want to see is that we start out with six guards before the trade deadline and end <laughs> up with seven or eight. I think that's the last thing that she would want to see, but uh, I agree with you. That you know, Any upgrade in talent, Joe, any upgrade in talent magic, I think that's the key. Uh, they need to go ahead and uh, demonstrate not only to the fan base, but to LeBron, Joe, that they are trying to do something to improve this team and was, are willing to go ahead and make the sacrifice for the future in order to do it. The only significant trade that I think that would make a difference right now is if there was a way they could get Fred Van Fleet and a Gary Trent Jr. in a deal. And a package deal. And a package deal, uh, which would likely mean both first-round picks are gone, Westbrook is gone, and but at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, why would are, – are, are, is Toronto really coveting those two picks for those guys, I guess – it might make sense. Lakers would need probably one more guy in that deal in some way, whether it's a three-way, whether it's another deal that they do to make that work. At that point, we would know that the Lakers are going for a title now. Do you think, based off of Gary Trent Jr., a Fred Van Fleet with a healthy AD and LeBron, does that team make a run? That's an interesting question. That's and can they sign him? And can they sign those guys in the offseason? That would be something interesting to find out. Because those would actually be the right type of players around LeBron and AD. They're not superstars, but they're perfect complement players that are actually better than what we've had in the past when we did win a title. They're better than a Kuzma and a, uh, a KCP. They're a level above those guys. So maybe that works. Maybe that works. We'll have to wait and see here in the next three days. Uh, that sure would make up for a lot of Palenka's inabilities the last few years. I'll tell you that. That, and if that you, is for sure. And uh, it's just, it's it's going to come down to, because word did come out that they're not caring about the repeater tax apparently now. I don't know what's true, what's not. But I mean, I will, with, with how much revenue the Lakers bring, should that be as high a priority? It's a as joke. It's a joke, Gerald. Okay, guys, I, I'm going ex, to explain that real quick. I'll tell you, okay, and then please. you guys can go on. It is a joke. But let me tell you something about rich people, okay? I have done less work with rich people than I have with regular people, okay? Rich people have a mindset 
And a lot of people say it's because they that's how they keep their money. That's horse, you know what? Like, that, that's not really what it is. What it is is the same reason why we've had all these issues with all these corporations is they squeeze everyone. And they squeeze and they squeeze. And the people who get squeezed don't think they have anything else that they can do. So they continue to allow themselves to get squeezed. That's how they think when it comes to money, the people who have it. Now, Genie is one of the poorest operating owners in the league because everyone is practically a billionaire, right? But if you take Genie off the Lakers' worth, what they're worth, she doesn't really make a lot of money compared to a Balmer or a Gilbert or a Mark Cuban. So we're, they're going to have to make a decision on – because this is something Dr. Buss, I'm assuming, taught them. Because I used to hear Dr. Buss say this about this. Because he doesn't mind paying the money as long as we win. So can the Lakers win? Should they give up their future assets? Should they be able to win with a Fred Van Fleet and a Gary Trent Jr. in a package deal? And then maybe another deal that you can throw in uh, Patrick Beverly in that can bring you a player that would be a good shooter or a good defender or something like that. Those are the questions now we have to answer between now and February 9th. Will those players make a difference? You ask me, absolutely. If AD is healthy and playing the way he played in the last game, even though they lost, played pretty well, they have a shot this year to compete. Why? Fred Van Fleet is a champion. He knows what it takes to win a championship. Gary Trent Jr. is young and can shoot and is and is looking for the next big thing. What bigger place than L.A. to do it? And then you have LeBron, who's always going to be motivated. And you have A.D. that, again, as long as he's healthy, you're going to be you're going to have a shot to do something here. That's what I'm looking at now. Considering what I've heard, all I'm hearing out of any kind of discussion seems to tail into Toronto. And that's it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Uh, Paul Lipman, our, our fellow Utah Jazz fan who helped us, he's actually the one that gave us the idea for NBA observations. So glad to have him back in the chat. And by the way, Paul, I did I not tell you about Kessler? Kessler's going to be a winner for you. I can tell you. there's He's a no-trade option for you guys right now. I, I'd, I'd actually not trade him. I would actually trade Markinen, uh over uh, Walker Kessler right now because he's doing so well. But it is a Lakers fast break before we head on out. Sean, any final thoughts on, on what you're looking at for the Lakers to do? Do you think they're going to just do something around the fringes, or do you think they're going to pull off a possible home run? And would you that be happy a- with the Jazz deal, speaking of Paul? Because he's asking, would you be happy if it was the Jazz deal? I would be. That that, that wouldn't be that, – that would be okay. That would, I feel all right about that. Um 
Yeah, unless it's Van Fleet and um, Gary Trent Jr. plus something else, I, you know, I, I, unless it's something like that that really doesn't vault us upwards, we're just, we're like here and we're just slowly going down. And uh, like I said, deep side here, I'm expecting just, Maybe a fringe move or two from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he calls it a day. I think, um, you know, there are invertebrate jellyfish that have more of a spine than what That's this guy has right now going on in the front office. It's, it's just, it's just, it's revolting. I could just see Rob Palenka driving home on the 405 freeway and then all of a sudden getting jack slapped by Sean's you know, constant remarks all, all hour long in regards to it, it just you know having to pull over to the side of the freeway because it's getting smacked so hard. Joe, uh, final thoughts from you, my friend. Do you ultimately think the Lakers will pull off something big or something just small around the fringes or anything at all? I, I'm, I'm going towards nothing with a small chance of something little. Anything big? No, I, I, you, Rob will have to do that for me to believe it because I just, he hasn't shown me jack crap. Uh, Paul Lipman is saying, please call Rob and tell him no to a Utah deal. And you know, no, the Utah phone's yeah. right there in the background. Yeah, yeah, you see no. the phone in the background? I'll give him a call. The fact that he did a trade, even though he lost the trade, which that's always debatable because THT isn't really good either, but. Let's say it's an even trade. The fact that you got an even trade with a with a slap ass like Danny Ainge should you should count your blessings. It ain't gonna happen again. Danny Ainge will hoard all the draft picks known to the existence of the NBA, and Utah will win jack shit in the end, and he'll be known as a good whatever the hell it is that he does. He's living off one championship in all this time. Good for him. I'm gonna have fun bleeping this episode today. I'll tell Sorry, you. I had to throw that in. Oh, I'm sure that's fine. That's okay. Sean dropped three earlier around the thirty. Hey, hey, I was talking. I was talking to my uncle the other day. He said he remembers. He remembers <laughs> throwing a hot dog at Danny Ainge when he played for the Toronto Blue Jays. So okay, fair enough. Petting my cat has one of the best lines out there. One of my friends is a crackhead. Maybe he can contact Rob. all right well once again it is nba observations right here at the lakers fast break if you have any observations on what the lakers can do for a trade please go ahead and let us know right there on lakers fast break at social media please like and subscribe and help us out as best you can we truly appreciate the time that you take in watching and listening to us here today but before we head on out i did want to mention tomorrow will lebron break the scoring record as the Lakers are home at the Crypt against Oklahoma City. We're going to watch it live all together. Playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Sign up at playback.com free of charge and just join us up at the Lakers Fast Break for the game. And then afterwards, it is the best post game in town, the best post game that's out there with the best Lakers chat that's out there right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate everyone taking the time to watch and listen to us today. So for the magic man, Sean Grice and Joe Soro. It's Gerald Glassford. We're keeping our fingers crossed. And if something does happen, 
we'll try to make something on the fly as best we can, as quick as we can. We'll go ahead and try and update you with any information as possible. But if nothing happens until then, we're going to see you tomorrow night on Playback.tv. And of course, right here at the Lakers, Jasper.